0: Let's head to Lyon for our French connection with Daniel McCarty. How are you, Daniel McCarty? Rick Dogg, great to hear from you, my friend. Very, very well. Just wandering down the Rue Marronnier in the heart of Lyon, trying to get 10 New Zealand media into a restaurant. So, uh, wish us luck. Mate, um, I can't believe how busy this place is on a Monday night. It's evening. Mate, a place on a Saturday. You're in the place that everyone would dream to be, my friend, in France, enjoying the Rugby World Cup. We've been a couple of days of mourning, particularly from a sporting point of view mm-hmm. in New Zealand. But now we're into a new week. What's the mood like around Leon, particularly in that uh, All Blacks camp? I must admit, I've never... Um uh, met so many patronising French people as I have in the last about 48 hours. <laughs> They've been really gracious hosts, you know, really polite. Uh, but, you know, every time you, you mention to them you're a New Zealander, they sort of give you that, oh, are you OK? Uh, in a lot of ways, and we don't look at it like this. Is the, uh, it was very good for the tournament um, that the host nation won. It's so important to every major tournament where the, where the host nation does well, you know, Look how New Zealand got invigorated when our football Ferns won their opening game of that, uh, the Women's World Cup, not long ago. So, no, it, it's been great. The, the fans are coming in in great numbers. There's jerseys from all sorts of, uh, you know, corners of the world. I ran into a, a, a man today who was loitering uh, around outside uh, the Leon Rugby Club where the All Blacks have been based with his uh, young boy from, Mo- from Mozambique. Oh, He's he, he, he brought his boy up for the Rugby World Cup. I didn't even know they played rugby in Mozambique. So I grabbed the phone off and make sure I took a photo. Um for him and his boy for posterity so it, it is wonderful it really is and you bang on isn't it? Yeah. You know, got, from a sporting perspective and it's a real privileged position what we do I wouldn't want to be anywhere else I've got fans all over the globe I remember being in Chicago and someone from North Carolina because I'm a Panthers fan flew in to watch this yep. train and gave me a couple of North Carolina hats so I was pretty pumped with that my friend uh, uh, just just in regards to the stadium the atmosphere mate from the TV you got to understand it was rocking oh, but you were right there in among the 36 degrees, you would have been sweaty, old thing. How was it? <laughs> Is the, I, I, I know it's my job to put things into words, but I don't think I could quite ever come up with the words fitting of the occasion. It was truly extraordinary. It, uh, you know, I, I went to um, Parc de France 18 years ago as a fan, and you know, typical New Zealander, I arrived like half an hour before kickoff, after trying to find the cheapest beers in all of Paris on that occasion. Uh, but we arrived uber early. We got there five hours before kickoff. And I, I thought Logan and I were a little bit prepared. What, what blew my mind is there were people already on the concourse, <laughs> um, you know, having a few beers outside the arena ready to go in. A, and then I found out they still had a two-and-a-half-hour wait before they opened the gate. It was incredible. It was 36 degrees. It was stinking hot with the atmosphere. Made it feel like 50 degrees. The noise, the the singing, uh, uh, you know the, the abuse hurled at the All Blacks when their team bus arrived. <laughs> it was it was hostile, but it was also in very very um, good nature. too. you, you never felt uh, at all um, you know in threat. It, it was it was quite extraordinary. And the noise they made in the hours leading up to kickoff, singing the Maori, singing the national anthem outside of the ground as they wandered in. Um, and as we said prior, uh, when we caught up with you guys last week, we, we thought it was going to be a bit of a party for an hour and a half once the fans are in, and, and it really was. Uh, the opening ceremony, I'm not sure how it came across on TV, but live, um, it was um, quintessentially French, but it was spectacular. Mate, the how'd they get that off the tower it. in there? <laughs> oh, I don't know, but, but mate, how did how, it just popped out of nowhere. It just gave us a heck of a fright, and to see Bill sitting on top of it, <laughs> uh, and, and then the fireworks weeks go off. Uh, you know they love their food over here. I, I, and the, fun and game. I think it was ga- uh, food and games was the theme of that opening ceremony, and every celebrity chef was rolled out with uh, you know alongside uh, other French celebrities, and the crowd just absolutely loved it. And to, to see eight seventy eight thousand plus fans in unison, jumping up and down, bouncing, literally bouncing, when the French were in front and they knew they were going to win the game. Uh, It was quite amazing. Uh, It was so noisy. Couldn't couldn't hear the studio. Could hardly hear Marshy Uh, next to me. Marshy could hardly hear me. That was probably good for him. (laughs) Uh, It really was. It was really incredible. It really was. Uh, And it's something I I think I've said to most people, I've never experienced a, a sporting atmosphere like it. Royale with cheese, Daniel. That's where you get your cheapest beers. Take Logan to McDonald's, mate, and and load up <laughs> there because that's 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 Uncle, how you'll do it in Paris. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, just what, what's the lay of the land after watching all the football over there? What what are people saying, um, Daniel, about the game and? And what they've noticed, you know, we've noticed a lot of penalties, um, you know, when England go yes. out there and kick, yeah. kick themselves <laughs> to a win. Is that what people are talking about? <sighs> Put me to sleep that game. Well, there, there's been a variety of games. Uh, you know, the Wales-VG game, I'm so glad we got one of those ones, uh, mm. which was just breathless. It was end-to-end. And two teams, as Julie uh, Barrett said in a press conference earlier today, two teams that, no, sorry, Jace Bryan said this. Two teams who played the game the right way—a nice sort of subtle dig at those, you know, station teams out there. But uh, as you fellas know, there's a variety of ways to win rugby games. Uh, but that was just spectacular. Um, you know, on, on any other night, Fiji literally could have scored 60 points. That's how dangerous they looked in attack. They would coughed up so much possession. though, in the opposition third, and two balls dropped over the, the try line. You know, credit Wales for getting that one, but that was heartbreaking for the Fijians. But we've seen a variety of types of games. Japan, Chile, Chile, the newcomers to the tournament were really enterprising. They scored a, a brilliant try early on. So th- there are teams who, who, who want to use the ball, but you're right, um, lo- lots of whistle. Um, I must say probably not as much whistle as I was fearing uh, prior to the tournament. You know, what happened to Twickenham really stuck out to me. And it was almost now I'm thinking there was a message trying to be sent there. The TMOs haven't interjected as much. Um, as I said, uh, they still probably got their fingerprints on games too much. But it was Geordie Barrett who, who actually articulated this very well at, at the press conference earlier today. The ball was only in play for 27 minutes of the 80 against France, and New Zealand need the, game, the ball in play. New Zealand need to play with tempo. New Zealand need pace in the game. Uh, the drinks breaks, which were instituted over the weekend because it's so stinkingly hot over here, uh, might not uh, continue. I think that will help the All Blacks. But a lot of teams are uh, profited without having the ball. And that's probably stuck out to me. Lots of kicking, lots of aimless kicking, including from our team. Uh, it has to be said that uh, you, you don't always need the ball. It, it does seem putting a lot of pressure. And, and the heat um, had some sort of effect in a sense. It made the ball very slippery. It seemed like it was very wet. And a lot of teams struggled with handling. So that, that's probably my estimation, Kempi, uh, that... And, you know, I think we all have an attacking uh, utopian view of, of, of rugby in, in our part of the world, but it, it does seem we just need to adapt and uh, you know, adjust to the situation and maybe not having the ball in hand um, is going to be the way to go, if it, especially if it continues to be this hot. Trade, bear, civil si play. That's all you need to remember, mm. Daniel. That's all you need to remember. Mate, thank you very much Enjoy for coming on. Enjoy holiday this week. Yeah, <laughs> we'll let you get into it, and uh, <laughs> we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? What should I order tonight, fellas? Ah. Royale with cheese.
1: <laughs> Escargo.
0: <laughs> you know, Israel, I'm not doing the snail. Come on, buddy. Uh, uh, I might, might go back and have a few Stefano sets of buses, as I've called them. Yeah, Frank Stefano. Get it to New Zealand. Magnificent. Right. Magnificent. Good stuff, Daniel McCarty there with us out of Lyon. We'll let him go and get into that uh, restaurant with 10 other members of New Zealand media and feed their faces.